The Cost Camps Coaches Show, Episode 3. Coaches, welcome to the Cost Camps Coaches Show. Today's guest, we have Bob Geyer, who has over 40 years of coaching experience. He was the head football coach at the Milton Hershey School for 25 years. He started out at Middletown High School and worked there for five years, moved down to Florida, worked uh, at a high school in Daytona Beach, Florida for three years, came back, started working at the Milton Hershey School as an assistant football coach in 1983 and became the head football coach in 1984. He, he recently stepped down as the head football coach and stepped into a, an athletic administrator role and, and did some assistant coaching for Milton Hershey. And um, now he, he's, uh, he's got some time and he was able to, to speak with us today. And the, what he's going to talk about today is, is team chemistry and developing a positive team culture. Coach, welcome to the show and um, hope things are going well for you. If you could start talking about that team culture and team chemistry, I think there's a lot of programs out there that would benefit from that. Mark, first of all, I just, you know, really appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit of time with, with you and, and uh, hopefully this will be helpful to somebody. Um, I, I really think that on the high school level, I think that we have a higher purpose and, and truly an obligation to develop traits that extend, you know, far beyond the final outcome on the scoreboard. You know, and the two largest components to that have to do with creating, first of all, a like-minded coaching staff and support staff. And then, of course, then establishing and creating the, uh, the player expectations and the player guidelines. I, I'll be honest with you, as an athletic administrator, um, you know, that experience just reinforced my thoughts about, you know, the importance of of emphasizing academic responsibilities and character development in our student athletes. And, you know, and specifically in this case, you know, within our football programs. So uh, look forward to, to sharing just a few of the things that, that we emphasize at Milton Hershey. And um, again, just glad to be with you, Mark. Re real quickly, without getting into too much detail, there may <clears throat> be people listening to this that, they don't know what the Milton Hershey school is exactly. Maybe they heard of Milton Hershey. I know people outside of the, the central Pennsylvania, the, the Hershey Harrisburg area. A lot of times they're, they don't even know what the difference between Hershey high school and Milton Hershey school is. So if you could just give very briefly, and maybe there are people that aren't sure, like when you first started in 1984, I'm sure Milton Hershey is different than what it is right now. So if you could give any kind of insight into what Milton Hershey School is, that would be helpful because I think that's a very unique situation and, it, and it's going to give you a little bit of credibility in terms of, of what you're talking about with team culture. Mark, Milton Hershey is one of the more unique um, educational environments for students K through 12 or actually pre-K through 12 now um, you know, in the entire United States. And, and it's a residential residential program. And uh, we draw students 
that come from, um, um, you know, disadvantaged backgrounds, um, you know, numerous dysfunctional situations. But in reality, these are these are our kids that that are having uh, are being cared for uh, by a, a parent or a relative that that uh, maybe needs some support. And uh, there's usually a financial burden involved. Uh, and again, it's it's a unique environment where we have students that, you know, come from Pennsylvania and the surrounding states. But we also have students that that come from the, the northeast part of the country and and all the other corners of, of, of our country, too. So so it's a um, it's a very diverse population. And uh, we could have students that come in at an early age and spend uh, numerous years with us. We have also students that maybe don't get to us until maybe uh, in their ninth grade year and, and are just with us for the uh, secondary uh, experience. But, but again, I was, I was extremely fortunate when I had the opportunity to be a part of this unique environment back in 1983. Um, I was always a resident of the Hershey area but until you're on the inside of the Milton Hershey experience, uh, you don't really understand the, the significance and, and just how comprehensive the, the entire institution is. And I just, I was extremely fortunate um, to retire after being there for approximately 38 years. I was extremely fortunate to have that experience for that long a period of time. And... Um, uh, it was just a, uh, it was, it was great for myself and my family and, and uh, uh, the career that I was able to, to develop there really fit into uh, my mindset as far as athletics was concerned. Just to clear things up, because I know a lot of people, you know, Milton Hershey School is a private school, but just to clear things up, the, uh, when people hear private school, they think a lot about, and, and right or wrong, they think a lot about recruiting, that recruiting goes on. And I, I just know from experience that the Milton Hershey School is not recruiting students to come to Milton Hershey School for athletics. It's not, it's not that type of place. So if, you, if there's been any kind of, to, to the listener, if there's any kind of assumption that private schools recruit athletes, th this isn't the case with Milton Hershey School. I just wanted to clear that up, Coach. Yeah, this is, yeah, this circumstance or this opportunity, I should say, is for um, young people who really do come from, from uh, for, again, for lack of better terms, from, from some really disadvantaged uh, and or, you know, uh, dysfunctional circumstances, you know, and, and um, you know, it's completely funded by the Milton Hershey Trust which is a major stockholder in the Hershey company and one of the largest educational endowments in the entire world. Uh, our resources are, are, are extremely significant. Um, and our students, if they perform um, appropriately from an academic and behavior standpoint, they actually graduate from our school with um, the opportunity for um, financial support in post-secondary experiences. 
when I was in high school, and that was in the the late '90s. I know Milton Hershey was not that big. The enrollment, at least at least at the high school level, grades nine through twelve, ten through twelve. I just know that it wasn't a very big enrollment, and and it's my understanding within the last 10, 15 years that enrollment has grown pretty significantly. And and you, I guess I'm asking you that if that am, am I saying the right stuff there? Is that is that right? Am I making the right assumption there? No, that's 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 correct. And I should have mentioned that too. When I first arrived at, on our campus in 1983, uh, we were a very small double A school enrollment wise, and at that time. I would say we were somewhere around 16 to 18% female population. The rest of our our student population was male. Uh, We're now a um, a 4A classification in terms of enrollment. And our student population, as I said, is, is extremely diverse. We have at least 50 or maybe even up to 51, 52% female population as part of our overall enrollment. And again, we are, we are uh, pre-K through 12, and they're, they're now actually uh, including another component that they're beginning to work on as it pertains to early childhood education that's going to be developing here over the next uh, period of years. So can you can you can you start to talk about team culture and, and team chemistry and how you were able to develop that even even with the the diversity of athletes coming in from all all directions and all facets of life that didn't necessarily grow up with one another and um, you know you, you talked about staff and player expectations can you can you kind of dive into that here coach Sure Mark and again it all it, it begins uh, not only, of course, at Milne Hershey, but but in all programs, it begins with, you know, trying to to uh, create a like-minded coaching staff, you know, and and if you can create a like-minded coaching staff that that has uh, stability and continuity, that's even more beneficial, and and um, ideally, ideally, it's great to have coaches on your staff that are outstanding classroom instructors. But our, I was very fortunate over the years to, to be able to uh, be surrounded by that sort of an environment. And our, our staff uh, was responsible for developing, you know, an emphasis with all of our student athletes on character development and academic responsibilities, a strong work ethic, and, and also, you know, the goal and the expectation of always representing our school, you know, in, in a most appropriate way. And, and a key component to all that was, of course, working with our faculty, in our case, house parents, but of course, in other cases, you know, parents in general. Uh, our administration, you know, understood that, that we were going to be you know, our program was going to be, you know, based on, on an emphasis on, on ac- academics and behavior. Um, we wanted to make sure, I mean, our coaches always, always tracked our kids to make sure that uh, they were performing appropriately in the classroom back at their student homes and within our Milton Hershey community. And, and again, you know, the emphasis was, was a consistent message. 
you know, by a like-minded staff, by all of our adults, you know, within our program, our support staff and our, our coaching staff. And it was truly a, a group effort. And, you know, you and I know and our coaches listening know that, you know, football and the football program on at any, at any school district can really set the tone and kind of carry the torch for, you know, the, the, the entire school year and, and for the entire athletic program. And, and uh, we always felt as though, again, character development was as significant as the development of, of their athletic skills. So, again, to us, it was our duty, our obligation. We were intentional about it. Uh, we tried to create daily teachable moments. And, and, but again, the key was a consistent message by a number of adults on, on a daily basis. In your experience as the head coach at Milton Hershey, um, you, you talked about staff stability. How much turnover, and this can be, I mean, this is, this question doesn't have, I guess, an objective answer, but what was your, like, what was your staff turnover rate or like how often did you change out assistant coaches? Well, early on, our staff continuity was, was, was unbelievable. I mean, I, when I first got started, we literally had, we had eight guys on our staff, grades nine through 12, and all eight of us were classroom teachers in, in the middle school or high school level. So, you know, the ability to engage with our, with our student athletes, you know, throughout the day and do a lot of troubleshooting was, was just, an, it was so easy for us. You know, I understand that in this day and age, you know, things are a little bit more transient. And, and uh, even once I got, even once we got into the, to the early 2000s at Milton Hershey, you know, I began to see that maintaining that staff stability and that continuity was increasingly more challenging. So, so again, I mean, that's, that that's a key component. The, 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 the goal though is even if, if there is a bit of instability developing in your staff, you know, over a period of years, you know, you really want, you really got to be crystal clear with those newcomers that they understand coming in, you know, that the emphasis in your program cannot just solely be on football skills and on the outcome related to your, the scoreboard and, you know, and developing, developing student athletes for the next level, you know, that, that you got, they need to understand coming in that the purpose in your program goes far beyond that and is far more important to the overall student athlete. You talked about developing player expectation. Can you go into detail and maybe give some specific strategies or, or some specific things that you did to, to make sure players knew what the expectation was and, the, and that they followed through with that expectation? Sure, but again, let me I, I can't overemphasize, Mark, how important the entire staff sure. is in this process. And what we actually did is our players – 
we're always assigned both an offensive and defensive position. Now, it can be organized in a whole variety of ways, but our defensive, our defensive position coaches, including myself, were responsible for the players within that defensive position. And, and those assistants, um, you know, literally were constantly encouraging uh, their student athletes to invest in their ed- education. And, and that, that came down to reminding them to, you know, pay attention in class, be respectful to their instructors, you know, appropriately finish all homework assignments in a timely fashion. And, you know, just those, those, those consistent daily messages. And we did that year round. I mean, our, our assistant coaches um, did a great job of tracking our athletes in the, also in the wintertime and in the spring. Uh, we were, we also, we, we were um, strong proponents of multi-sport participation uh, we tried to attend as many as many uh, athletic events in the off season as possible. Uh, our assistant coaches would would be uh, in constant communication with with the uh, faculty, and if they needed to make calls back to um, to what we called student homes to our house parents, you know, we would constantly do that. So, so again, that's the academic piece of it. You know, uh, from a behavior expectation standpoint, you know, respect was always a key component, whether it was respect for our coaches, our support staff, their house parents, being, re- being respectful to the rules of the student home. We even got into, you know, appropriately being respectful in public with your girlfriends and, and how you act on our campus. And, and again, our, our, our coaches just really embraced the, the whole group effort there. Our, you know, they, uh, we, we made sure, and I, and I would talk to our coaches in detail about this, you know, prior to, of course, you know, each season. When we sat down and talked about staff guidelines, you know, we, we talked about, you know, treating each of our players with, you know, respect and dignity and, treating them like young men. We always, we always, we always addressed our players by using their first name. Never, never did we, we address our players, you know, by their last name. And we just, to us, it just created a more personal environment. And by the same token, you know, our players knew always to address our coaches by either coach so-and-so or Mr. So-and-so. It was, we, we tried to, to develop that mutual respect, you know, throughout the program in season and out of season. And, um, you know, and, and then the, the other thing is working with all of our players, trying to be, you know, positive and, 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 um, you know, we always felt this too, Mark, and I may be getting off track here a moment, but we always thought, we always figured that a poor practice was a fault of our coaching staff. It was not the fault of our players. If we ever thought we had we had a practice where, where we didn't we didn't find ourselves getting better, you know that 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 was something that that we took as our responsibility. But but we were always trying to be as positive as we can with our players. But 
everybody was was responsible for being assertive in enforcing the team policies and and encouraging excellence and and you know it was it was um, our coaches our coaches were were very intentional before practice and after practice with mingling with our their the student athletes and especially those kids at their positions um, our players always had to enter and exit the same locker room door. They they could only come in one way. They could only go out one way. <laughs> That's interesting. And, and and I was always myself, and and our equipment manager um, were always responsible to meet every player when they came when they approached the locker room on a daily basis. And you know we always had a little something to you know, to say to him, you know, even if it's just two or three words, you know, but to greet him and, and, and just kind of set the tone for the day. And then after practice, all of our coaches, you know, sat or stood right outside the locker room exit. And, um, and we're always engaging with, with our players, whether it had to do with something that, that took place that day or whether it had to do with, with a, you know, a test that was coming up in a certain subject or some tutoring needs that they might have or or something that was what's that's going on back home. Uh, but again, I can't I, I, I can't provide a, a, enough of of, uh, of of a salute to our, our coaches for for how they engaged uh, with our kids. And and it made a huge difference in in trying to you know, developing this culture where our kids know that our kids knew that that our coaches were were uh, were very you know very much engaged in their lives outside of what was going on, you know, on game day. Were you ever in the position where you had to maybe intervene um, between two assistant coaches that that you know when you talk about your basically what you're saying is you you gave assistant coaches the autonomy with their position group to kind of be the head coach of that position group, which I think is awesome. I, I've been on staffs before that were, were similar to that. And you, every now and then there'd be a little riff in the staff because maybe there would be some sort of blaming or finger pointing between one position group and, a, and another, or, or maybe there was a, Maybe one coach thought his position group was, was was better than another position group, so on and so forth. Did you ever come across anything like that? And and if you did, was there is there a certain way to handle that? Did you to bring the coaches in and kind of sit them at, down and talk to them? Do you do you address it with everybody? How, did you ever come, run across that coach? You know, Mark, that's a that's a good point, and and you know, of course, you know, everything's not going to be going to run perfectly smooth. Right. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. But again, if you can get if you can get guys on your staff, you know that again are are outstanding teachers, you know, and and that are willing to buy into this 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 whole concept of you know education and character development based programming. You know, I, I, I think it lends itself to to an environment where where our coaches, you know, understand that working together 
and, you know, role modeling working together, you know, is in the best interest of, of, of our student athletes. Now, you know, that, that being said, at the end of the day, you know, I, I said we would always meet, meet as a coaching staff. And, and, and trust me, you know, they, they, they always knew that as the head coach, you know, I, I had the final say. So, so, so if, if I ever noticed any red flags that were developing, we always met, I mean, daily, we would meet as a coaching staff, but not until after every player has left the locker room. Because as I said, you know, our coaches did a great job of engaging with our kids, not only on the practice field and not only, not only on game days, but, but literally, you know, at, at the end of each of our team functions and, and as our kids were, were leaving and moving on to the latter part of their day. So, so we would always meet after all our kids were gone. And, you know, the very first thing we would always talk about is personnel you know, and about, and about what's going on at each position. And I, I tried to make sure that we were always good listeners at, as each of our coaches spoke about what was going on at their position. And I think that helped to develop, you know, kind of like a mutual respect, you know, you know within our coaching staff. How would you deal with a player – that it might not have been a, necessarily a discipline thing off the field, but even on the field, you know, you talked about that. All the players had to call you coach or or uh, coach guy or coach so and so. Did you ever run across a player that might not have been able to kind of grasp that? In other words, that there was some disrespect there, or 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 you know, every player at some point, I shouldn't say every player, a lot of players at some point may become disgruntled with their role on the team or. Uh, maybe even they, they feel like they're being mistreated by the coaching staff and they can become disrespectful. What, you know, what, well, how did you deal with that? Yeah. You know, just, just like I, I mentioned that, you know, as, as a coaching staff, we would talk in detail, you know, prior to each season and remind each other of our, of our overall philosophy and our, our expectations and our guidelines from a, from a staff standpoint, um, we were very intentional with our expectations prior to us ever taking the field for our first practice, you know, on, on a yearly basis. We were very intentional. We were very crystal clear. Um, and our, our players understood what our team guidelines were. And, and, and Mark, and I mean from, from what their academic expectations were going to be to their accountability for team functions to their overall behavior and character, you know, to, to literally how we handled, you know, uh, or how we did not, would not tolerate lateness, uh, how we were going to manage injuries and, and how they needed to, to, to manage their own equipment and what the expectations were you know, within the locker room and on the practice field. And then just, you know, some, some general expectations too. And one of the things that, that we would remind each other about all the time that I thought maybe set us a little bit apart from some others was the fact that we always had this saying, you know, that the players play, the coaches coach, 
the administrators administer, you know, the officials officiate, the trainers train, and I could go on and on, and that there will never be any overlap of responsibilities. And if there was ever an overlap, then, then, then we were not very patient with that. I mean, we even, we even, had, we even had some guidelines for, for what our appearance was supposed to be. And, and so to be honest with you, we were always, we were always pretty crystal clear with our players uh, as far as what the expectations were going to be and what the consequences would be if, if those expectations were not met. You know, one of the things, one of the things that we did, and you had to have a pretty good, um, a pretty good relationship with the yearbook uh, advisors to do this. You know, is, is we always talked about the signups, the showups, and the endups, and and we would we would never take our team photo until we came off the field after our last regular season practice. <laughs> Before our last regular season game, we would come off the field after our last regular season practice. We we change our kids, you know, into a game jersey, and that's when we took our team photo, because because we wanted to make sure that that we were, the focus was on those kids, the, the kids, the student athletes, the players, you know, that made the total commitment for the entire season. Not just from an, an athletic standpoint, but from an academic responsibility standpoint, from a behavior standpoint, those those were the ones that were going to be in the yearbook in the team photo. Coach, can you say that again? They're signups. We we call them this: the signups, the showups, and then the end ups. The end ups. So the picture would be with the end ups. The end. The picture was the end ups. And that's you know, the, the, the signups, of course, in the spring were the kids that, that signed up and they all had to, they all, all had to come directly to me. Of course, now everything's different because yeah, of technology, yeah. but, but, but they could only sign, they could only sign up for the program by during a certain period of time we had signups and they had to get to me. They had to care enough over a period of days to, to find the time to get to me, look me in the eyes and put their name on the dotted line. Those were the signups. And we thought that wasn't, you know, that wasn't uh, a, a real difficult thing to do. Right. And then, of course, and then, of course, having to follow up there, you know, after we began the, the process of of explaining our expectations, you know, who was who was going to not only show up, you know, but then who was going to show up day after day after day after day, you know, and and have enough of courage to follow the do right rule. That's an old Lou Holtz thing. Okay. The, the do right rule and, and, you know, earn the privilege, you know, to be in that team photo at, at the very end of the season. Those were the end ups. That's a great idea. A team photo at the end of the season. The, uh, you talked about the, the practices and if you had a down practice, you kind of blame that on the coaches. Is that like a, do you mean from like a teaching standpoint where guys were messing up assignments or do you mean like just from an energy standpoint and coaches not, not bringing their entire energy that they could bring and that kind of rolled downhill to the players? Yeah. If we thought, if we felt that just like the, the you're right, the energy, the, the tempo, 
you know, was not, you know, what, what we expect in order to, to make progress. You know, we always, we always, you know, looked internally to see, to see how we could, could, um, to generate, generate a little bit of a better environment during the course of the practice, you know, and, and, and that just, a lot of that just comes back to, you know, preparation for practice, you know, whether it's, whether it's by position or whether it's in, in, in a group setting or whether it's in, in, in team drills, whatever that may be, you know, what, how do we create the tempo? Mark, we, we hardly ever, and I don't know, especially towards the end of my career, I don't know that we ever lined our, our players up and conditioned for the sake of conditioning. We, we would, our conditioning would have to do, always took place with the tempo of our practice. You know, and we felt that we, if we had the appropriate tempo as we went from, from individual drill to group work into teamwork, you know, and, and incorporating special teams, et cetera, et cetera. If we had the appropriate tempo, you know, that we could, we could condition our kids and at the same time work on skill development so that we didn't just have to take time out of practice and line kids up and just run them from point A to point B. So we, never, you, were, we never did that. Were your practices then kind of set up consistently where the players knew? I mean, you, you've, you've talked a lot about expectations. And, and from getting guys to get from one part of practice to the other, were your practices set up pretty similar every day? Yes, yeah, we would. We'd have offensive days and defensive days. But, but we always – we had something that we called the Spartan line. Okay. And, and, and our, you know, our, our players, when they came out to the practice field, you know, they wouldn't just, they wouldn't just casually – walk out onto the field and, and, and do whatever it is that, that, that they were going to do prior to the, when the whistle blows, all of our players, all our players congregated at what was called the Spartan line and practice began, uh, whether it was pre pre practice specialty work or whether it was, was beginning to practice. Our practices began on a whistle where our kids once they crossed the Spartan line, they were running and, and they, they were running, you know, to where they had to get to, you know, for, for stretch and then from stretch where they had to get to next. And then at the end of practice, you know, our kids literally ran back to that Spartan line and wouldn't begin walking until, until they, uh, until they crossed that line. And it was, it was just a tradition that we had and, um, and, and our, our coaches, I think really, really embraced it and appreciated it. And our, our players, you know, our, our younger kids emulated the older kids and, and it just kind of caught on and, and it became, it just became a, a natural instinct for, for all of us. So, so it, it um, you know, it was just kind of hopefully that, that kind of set the tempo, set the tone for the tempo of the practice. The word that keeps popping into my mind, and I'm not talking about from a player standpoint. I'm talking about from a coaching standpoint. The the word that ke- that I keep thinking of here, coach, is discipline. Being disciplined enough as a coach to to be there at the locker room as players enter, to to be able to to get done with you whatever you have to get done throughout the course of your day, so you can get to the locker room early enough. 
to greet all those players. That takes discipline to do that day in and day out. To well, have- it, take, it takes a free last period. Too. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But but to have the discipline to make sure that nobody to, – to enforce that Spartan line, to do that day in and day out throughout the course of a year when it's hot in, in uh, August and September and then when it gets cold in November, to do that consistently, that, that takes – discipline from a coach from a coaching staff to make sure guys are running constantly throughout practice to make sure they're getting to where they have to be where they're going hard through whatever drill it is to be able to plan for every single drill for individual period whatever it is for for the practice all that takes discipline and I you know discipline is kind of like a a catchphrase or you know you teams want discipline from their players. They, they, uh, coaches want discipline from their players. They want to make sure players are staying on sides. They want to make sure players, you know, they're looking at the right thing, looking at their keys, whatever it is. But but when I hear you talk about the, the discipline you have to show as a coach, I would think that would just kind of naturally rub off to a player where they're kind of absorbing that discipline through osmosis. You're not necessarily drilling it into them through a – specific means or a specific drill or, or exercise it's just happening because you're leading by example well and you know and, and again our, our our coaches understood that if they wanted the the players to respond appropriately you know our coaches needed to earn earn their respect and our coaches did that by by working even harder than our players did um you know in every aspect yeah. of program so that was again I can't overemphasize you know the um, the fact that this was a um, a like-minded group group effort we had a, we were we were fortunate that uh, towards the latter part of, of my career as a head coach you know we had a, a couple kids that were were um, you know pretty uh, they were pretty talented and, and I'll never forget uh, one day we had we had a college coach that took in our practice and this was probably about two-thirds of the way through the season and he they had their eye on, on one of our kids that ended up you know being a major college player and then of course even playing in the NFL and, and I came off the field after at the end of practice and walked over and, and spoke with this coach and during the course of the conversation well we're literally right at the beginning of the conversation he says to me he goes coach he said Trust me, he said, we go to high school practices all the time. He said, and, 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 and I'm talking about not just in this immediate area, but, you know, all over the state and, and throughout the, you know, the region. He goes, I've, I've seen a lot of high school practices. He goes, I, he goes, I don't know that I've ever seen a practice that had such a great tempo as what your coaches created during that practice today. You know, and I and I thought to myself, well, you know, if if he can, if, if he experienced that and he noticed that in just a short period of time, you know, that you know maybe we were we were actually on the right track and 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 doing things the way things should be done. What a great compliment to your program. The, uh, Mark, the go ahead, coach. Mark, the other thing though, that I just want to touch on, and I don't want to get, and I don't want to get. Uh, you know, I don't want this to go on and on and on and, and sure. get, get too lengthy. But, but again, getting back to our players, you know, it was, you know, regardless of their talent, regardless of their age, their experience level, regardless of their IQ, 
you know, we, we always talk to them about the fact that they were all capable of making a positive contribution. All of them were, you know, that they were all capable of being, of being outstanding teammates, but that always, that always began in the classroom. We would, we would talk to our kids constantly. In fact, in fact, these words are painted on the walls in our locker room. And the first, the first term was always care deeply. And, and they, they understood that to represent us, you know, they needed to do so in, in, in the most appropriate way. And that all began in the classroom with their academic responsibilities, you know, trying to, you know, making a personal investment in their own education you know, and that came down simply again to, you know, to paying attention in class, you know, and that's a choice. That's a choice that they make and being respectful to their instructors. If they want their teachers to to be willing to go the extra mile for them in return, they needed to be respectful to them, you know, on a daily basis and to make sure to show that they cared by doing all their homework in a timely fashion. You know, and then and then on top of that, you know, the behavior expectations, you know, we talked about the do right rule and, you know, trying to avoid anything that was going to be a negative reflection on our program. You know, trying to get trying to get our kids to understand that if they wanted us to treat them like young men and they needed to demonstrate maturity, they needed to think you know, before they spoke or acted. They needed to know the difference between right and wrong and 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 that their actions would affect everybody in the locker room. And, you know, and that, again, just try to teach them to start, you know, using good judgment and some common sense. And again, I get it. We're talking about, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. And there's going to be, there's going to be constant hiccups, you know, right. but, but again, those, those are the teaching moments, you know, that make that make a long term difference, you know, in those student athletes that go far beyond whatever happened, you know, on that scoreboard at, at the end of the week. So, again, we talked about caring deeply and in the classroom and with their behavior. And then the other thing is, and we all know how how challenging this is, being completely unselfish. You know, not everybody, you can be, it's easy to be conveniently unselfish, but to be completely unselfish is challenging. And they have to be able to trust, trust our process and they have to be able to trust our coaches and they have to understand that, you know, it's amazing. You know, it's that old adage, it's amazing what a group of young men can accomplish, you know, when no one, no one cares who gets the credit, you know, so. So again, and, and again, in today's sports culture, that's difficult, you know, and then, and then again with, you know, the parent influence and then the influence of friends and girlfriends who have a vested interest in the individual. Again, it's a challenge, you know, but, but, you know, we, we, we constantly were, were working at sending those, those daily messages, you know, at no second class citizens and, Everybody, everybody's equally important. And, you know, we did whatever we could to try to highlight, to try to highlight the unsung heroes as much as possible. So, so again, you know, our players had to, 
had to be really invested in all this. And, and then again, from a football standpoint, it was always about getting better daily, you know, trying to, you know, they, they knew that their actions spoke volumes and that nothing good automatically happens. And, and, you know, we were either, you know, we would say we're either getting better or we're getting worse. You know, we're either developing good habits or bad habits. You know, we're either overachievers or we're underachievers, you know, so, so, you know, don't tell us, you know, what, what you can do, show us, you know, it's, we're going to make decisions based on performance, you know, not potential. So, so anyway, again, it's just, those were, were many of the constant messages that were part of our program on a daily basis. And our kids understood that, you know, their EQ, their effort quotient was, was far more significant to us than their IQ was. To bring this thing full circle, Coach, back when you started the, the, the interview here, the first thing you said was talking about having a higher purpose when it comes to coaching. And I just, I just, just knowing you personally, I know you exemplify that. And I hope someone listening to this today can understand what you're talking about when you mean by that. And you gave uh, some very good specific things about that today, Coach. And I want to thank you for coming on and talking to everybody. I hope, I hope people could get something out of that. Mark, I tell you what, it's uh, uh, I don't get a chance to do this much anymore. So, so um, it's been uh, it's been an honor for me to 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 be able to chat with you and and to share some of these thoughts. And and trust me, don't please don't under, don't believe that we think this is is the only way right. to to get things done and to create and to create a a healthy environment within your program. These are just some of the things that 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 were able to get us from point A to point B, and um, hopefully, hopefully, there's something that uh, might help someone along the way. There will be times too, coach, where uh, football will be shaped. You know, it's constantly being changed and, and molded. But there's going to be a time when when I'm going to need your opinion again, and I, I I'd hope you come back on and and uh, give the coaches some more of your insight because this was great stuff today. Thanks again, Mark, Coach. Yep, yep. Any any time, Mark. Thanks for taking time with me. Coaches, Cost Camps will be presenting a combine for high school players. It's, it's players that are in grades eight through twelve, and we're going to kind of highlight the the twelfth graders because they'll they'll be working for. Um, you know, to, to get college attraction and to, to get eyes on them. So they'll kind of, they're going to, we'll, we'll have a way to differentiate them from the rest of, of the participants, but it's for anybody um, that that's going to be on a high school team next season or, or that was on a high school team this year. So it's grades eight through 12. And we're going to be testing in the vertical jump. We're going to get a height and a weight, an accurate height and an accurate weight on each player. We're going to hand time the Pro Agility 5-10-5 drill. We're going to hand time the L3 cone drill, the L drill, if you know what I'm talking about there. And we're going to laser time the 40-yard dash. Now, for, for some of you coaches out there that aren't sure about sending their players to this thing, here's what I would say, okay? Yes, if you're if you have a player that's going to be a senior next year or that's in the class of 2022 this year, this is a great opportunity for them to showcase 
things that might not not necessarily show up on film. Okay, when I was a college coach, uh, height was a big thing. You never really knew how how tall a guy was, and that's important. And you never really knew how fast a guy was. Um, you know, when you're watching on film, there, there was something we used to call relative speed. That was speed compared to the 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 their opponents and and the the level of competition. And then there was absolute speed. How how fast is a guy? And this is going to give you an accurate rep representation. It's going to give college coaches an accurate representation. Um, but the other thing is, it's going to be you're going to be able to get a baseline for some of your players with how fast they are going into the off season and going into the training season. So that way, you you know that you have a starting point. This is how fast the guy is. You can give them a goal on how fast you know whether it's two tenths of a second, two hundredths of a second, whatever it is. A player can actually work toward a goal, and they can get in the weight room. They can do exercises on their own, or they can actually work towards something. So it gives guys a, a baseline, and and then they can move forward, and it gives them an opportunity to work for something, and you can get faster as a team. Again, that's going to be Saturday, December 18th at In the Net Sports Complex in Palmyra, Pennsylvania from 9 to 11. The cost is $60 per participant unless you have five or more players from your team coming. That's going to be $50 per participant. So if you have a, if you got a group of guys that want to go, it's it's uh, significantly less, but it's 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 all to help out your football program. It's all to help out some guys get to the next level to be seen by uh, some college coaches' eyes. Hope to see you there. Hope you come back next week for another episode of the Cos Camps Coaches Show.